The following program is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Another incredible show. Uh, Boy, I don't even know where to start. If your animal has pet allergies, listen up today. Dr. Marty Becker here with the top three things to calm pet allergies. And that that hits close to home because we have Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, who has just a few allergies? Yeah, she's oh, just my, developed them. Boss does too. Does it's you? a really, yeah, it's so common, especially you know the West Coast. We have a lot of um, allergies. People have fleas elsewhere, and we have allergies. Oh, is it more than the East Coast? So we're we're suffering. I think so, but you know we don't have the fleas to kind of overlap uh, and mask. So so many people deal with flea allergy dermatitis, but we don't, may not know that there's allergies underneath. So well, we've been trying just about everything. We've changed shampoos. We've tried this uh, oatmeal shampoo. I don't think we've tried colloidal oatmeal yet. You're, you're always talking about that, so we might give oh, that yeah. a shot next. Uh, but we'll talk a little more about that coming up later in the show. Also, Kim Caven will be joining us. Kevin? I'm sorry, Kim Caven will be joining us. She has written a book called The Dog Merchants, an interesting little fact that there's $11 billion spent on buying and selling dogs in the U.S. Wow. That's a lot of money, and I was unaware that uh, that the I get I don't know if these are puppy mills or what, but we're going to find out all the details with Kim in just a few minutes. Also, litter box etiquette: if you're having trouble with your cats using the litter box, Doc Halligan will be. Wait, there. is this for us or for our cats? Well, you know, I think it's mostly for our cats. Although we I need give, to learn how to help our cats. Doesn't hurt to have, okay. have a little bit of human <laughs> etiquette too. I don't watch my cats when they. I give them privacy. You know, I'll go to the other room just to give him a little bit of privacy because I think, you know, I'd want privacy too. Uh, but Doc Halligan will have some tips on that coming up in just a few minutes. Robert Semro is celebrating Mothers and Nature because it is Mother's Day weekend. Woohoo! So happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers and grandmas and Thank you. both Thank you human much. and uh, the four-legged kind and the two-legged kind. All mothers everywhere. Happy Mother's Day. We have giveaways too. For Mother's Day, we're going to be giving away one of these tourist watering bowls. These are really cool. This is a watering bowl. that is, It's a travel bowl. Is that it's, correct, Judy? Well, yeah, you can use it at home, but it's great for travel. It doesn't spill. It has a big reservoir, and you, it only fills a little at a time. So if your dog doesn't drink at all, you can dump it out and still have more water in the reservoir. Oops, I've got the darn hiccups. It also comes... <laughs> I know, I've been what are you to... drinking down there? She's, she's actually drinking out of the tourist yeah. water bowl. And it comes with a, a filter. So if you're out somewhere and you got to fill it with water, you have a water filter in case you don't know where the water's coming from. Okay. Well, that's on the way. We'll also have Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions and dog father Joey Volani with your grooming questions. And Lori Brooks over in the newsroom, what do you got going on? Well, we're going to talk about uh, the oldest dog in the world. That passed away. Okay. Yeah, really old. Really old? Really. It was so old, I had to do some (laughs) fact-checking. Okay, that's (laughs) on the way right here in just a few minutes. Dr. Debbie, you want to take some calls? Yeah, let's go to it. 1-866-405-8405. Hey, Trey. Hi. What's going on in your world? Oh, my, I have a cat. She's about two and a half years old, and she's been spayed, and I've caught her spraying inside of my house. 
Okay. Several times already, and I've talked to my vet about it, and he says, first he told me that once they're spayed that they won't do that, but I told him I've seen her do it. So mm -hmm. he told me it's because that um, there might be strays around, stray cats. Uh-huh. Are I, there? I know there's stray cats around because across the street from my house there's an abandoned building and there's a bunch of stray cats in there. Uh -huh. But I was wondering if there's something I could do or something I could buy to spray around that she won't she won't want to spray inside the house anymore. Okay. Now my question is: Does she go outside or is she an inside kitty? No, she's indoor outdoor. She does go outside. Okay. Yes. Well, that opens up the whole opportunity of a world outside your doors. And if she does encounter, see, smell, or even smell the evidence of those other cats in her um, immediate environment, you know, that's a lot to overcome. So she's basically saying, hey, this is my house. This is my domain. And if those other kitties are anywhere in that vicinity, um, this is a reasonable thing for a cat to do. It's not reasonable for us, but it's reasonable in an explanation scenario. So um, the big thing is, you know, keeping the kitties away or keeping your cat indoor. I think that's probably one of the first things we talk about. Um, and if uh, keeping her indoor is a reasonable lifestyle adjustment and you and she can take to it, that might help considerably. Although we still have kitties that are inside that look out curtains, that look out doors and see kitties on their front porch. And they can really still have those same social stresses and continue to spray and mark inside the home. So you have to do other things as well to ensure that she's not catching wind or sight of them from outside. Okay. If you, if well, you're I not know she loves being outside. I, I really feel bad locking her inside. Yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, if, if, if you're opposed to, you know, making her an inside kitty, you have to realize that you can't control that outside world. Um, you can try. And now, do the kitties actually, do you ever see them come up to your house or? Yes, I've actually, like, because we have, like, a little door, a little kitty, kitty door in the back that, that my cat can mm -hmm. come in and out. And I've actually caught them inside of my house before. Oh, like, no. If, if we're not home. Well, I wonder why she's there. pissed off, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame her. Someone comes to my house and messes with my stuff. I'm going to get mad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the challenge you have is that if these kitties have come over and not only have they come in your house, but say, you know, they found resources, they found what they like in your house and they want to explore it. As long as they have that opportunity, you're going to have a really big overwhelming problem on your hands. What we need to do is shut off the access of those cats to your home. And that might mean keeping your kitty indoors for a spell. It might mean relocating the cat uh, door entry. It might mean trying some of those really cool products, the cat doors that are activated, say, with uh, the magnetic cat collar, so that the cat door only opens when your kitty approaches it, not when just cat A, B, C, or D down the road comes uh, yeah, up I to the Yeah, I've never even heard about those kind of doors. That's yeah. by a collar? Yeah, so your cat has to be one that you can keep a collar on, but they basically have, usually it's a magnet. Some I've seen some where they have like a microchip that, that kind of activates it. Um, but yeah, so basically, and this works for dogs as well. So they approach the door and it opens when they're in a certain proximity to the door, but when an, an offending animal, and even say like a wildlife um, comes around, it won't open. So that's a great strategy um, that you can try to kind of keep the both the best worlds for your kitty. Um, uh. The other thing is if we do have to kind of shut the house down to cat access for a period of time, um, and if you can tough it out with your kitty, um, then there are some other deterrents you can try. And uh, there's motion-activated sprinkler systems, um, I believe one is called the Scarecrow. So basically, 
any animal walks by this little motion-activated unit, which is attached to your um, sprinkler, and it goes off when that motion um, is detected frightens that little critter, whatever it might be, in a kind of soft and kind way. And there's also that same kind of product that can be activated with puffs of air, with high compressed air. So um, you might want to do a little bit of internet searching for either the scarecrow or the garden ghost, which are those respective products. Um, There's oodles out there, though. So um, lots of those that can be of good value to keep those unwanted critters away and to allow your kitty to still enjoy that lifestyle that she enjoys and... uh, I would also, also, if your, if your vet hasn't checked a urine sample on her, make sure we do check that, um, just to make sure she's not dealing with a double problem of any kind of, um, hiding infection there, um, okay. crystal problem, um, cause it, we wouldn't want to miss that and blame her for, for being a naughty girl for other reasons. Okay. So, so, so besides uh, that, you said the scarecrow and the garden ghost is what it's called? Mm-hmm, yeah, and then things? and then that motion activated collar, and I, I don't have any particular brands. Like I said, there's tons out there, but um, it might mean tearing out that existing cat door and re- retrofitting it with one of these other products. But uh, you know, I think you got a lot of good good options there and things you can try. And uh, you know, if you have to shut down the feeding set center and keep those other cats away for a while, um, you know, then you know, do your best and yeah, it out, maybe keep just keep her inside and just let her out because uh, there's a my cat door is like in my laundry room, which is detached from the house. There's another door mm-hmm. that I could close there. And I can just keep them inside and, and just open the door and let them out whenever. Because I, I think maybe she's just spraying inside because she smells the other cats in there, like you said. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I've I had could, cats. If I could just keep them come- out, maybe, then, maybe that'll work. That would be the, the the biggest first step, yes. But there are cats that just kind of approach the front door where Kitty will be sitting on the comforts of their couch inside their house. They look out the window and they see a cat spraying on, say, the front porch or a wall near their house. That's enough social stress to freak your kitty out and say, "I got to do the same. I got to mark my territory." So oh. it doesn't always have to be an indoor even scenario for that. Even screen. if they just see them from inside, okay. Oh yeah. You got it. You got it. So yeah. Boy. Kitty, kitties and territories, man. And, you know, they're they're like those little samurais, you know, they're, they're, they'll do it out. Oh, yeah. so. it, well, good yeah, good luck with okay. you, Trey. Um, you, you got a couple ideas. I hope some of those work for you. Let us know. I'd love to know if, if we're able to, to make some headway and help you out in this department. So thank okay, you for well, your call. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on the Internet and do some searching and try some of that. I think maybe that square code thing will probably keep the trays away. Let but, us know yeah, how that works, Trey. I will. Thank you guys for your time. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by World's Best Cat Litter. Listen up, cat people. Yeah, that's me too. It's just litter until you realize those big boxes usually mean big smells, big messes, big money. That's why I made the switch to World's Best Cat Litter with concentrated power. If you want to learn more, check out tryworldsbest.com. And thanks, World's Best Cat Litter, for underwriting this portion of Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Jeff and Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Have you ever been frustrated while trying to take a picture of your pet? They're sitting there looking so cute. You pick up your camera and they run away, jump out of the frame, or try to play with you, or maybe even attack the camera. Pet photographer Ian White suggests choosing a background that works well with your pet. For example, if you have a black lab, he'll show up better on a light-colored blanket. 
Pets model the best when they're a little tired and after a meal. Let them fall asleep on the selected background and then alert them with a treat or a squeaky toy. Be ready with that camera. Try to take the photo from eye level, which may mean lying on your stomach or having your pet up on a bed or furniture. Good luck. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. For over a decade, Biogen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Biogen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for Animal Radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again, the one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Any Tom, Dick, or Harry can tell you that Geico could save you money on car insurance. But since money talks, why not go straight to the source? Hey, Harry's money here. And the day Harry went to Geico.com and switched his car insurance was the day I got to hang around. Finally, boys bonding, bada bing, bada boom. No wonder Geico has 97% customer satisfaction. Personally, I give him 100, but that's just my two cents. That was funny. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello! And please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, spay and neuter your friend's pets also. Give it to them as a present. What a good idea. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Grab your pet, bring them around the radio. If you have questions for the doctor, Dr. Debbie, 1-866-405-8405. In just a few minutes, Dr. Marty Becker is joining us with the top three things to calm pet allergies. And if you're suffering from pet allergies or if your pet's suffering from pet allergies, you want to be listening for that. It's big this time of the season, as Dr. Debbie was just saying. she, Her very own dog has some allergies, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's actually on allergy um, uh, medication. We desensitize him with his allergens. There's, so. Now, is that like a steroid? No, it's actually, you know how, like, um, 
people often get shots to desensitize them to allergies. Uh-huh. Um, we can do the same thing for dogs, um, but uh, his situation, I'm actually using sublingual allergens. So every day he gets these little drops under the tongue, and it helps to kind of trick his immune system so that he's hopefully less allergic oh. to those things that he can't be avoiding. Does that ever backfire? Um, you know, the sublingual therapy is very safe, um, very minimal side effects. With the injection, you have a little bit concern of like an allergic reaction to the shots, but we usually start at a very low dose and work up to it um, and monitor for any kind of problems. But he's done really well with it, so we're uh, we're crossing our fingers. This allergy season's been better. It's not been perfect, but it's been better since we started last year. What would you say your number one visit at the office is for? Is it skin problems, allergies, and things like that? <laughs> no doubt, yeah. An itchy dog is the number one thing, and a vomiting cat is the other thing uh, that we tend to see. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if you want to talk to Dr. Debbie toll-free right now at one 405 We're just about uh, 10 minutes away from news and a news check with Lori Brooks. What are you working on for this hour? going to tell you about a dog. They got her from a shelter in Florida, and now she's working for a sheriff's department doing some major crime solving. It's a really great story. And she finds something. I mean, she's a, a search dog, and what she looks for is so tiny. It's just amazing. Mm, I heard of this story. It is truly amazing. And a lot of these dogs, they find them as rescue dogs. I'm hearing more and yeah. more stories of these dogs that would have been put down being rescued and having jobs. Just Brand shows you job. there's so many great dogs at the shelter. It really is amazing. Uh, we also have giveaways in just a few minutes of the tourist watering bowl, so you want to stick around for that. You know, the last 15 years of animal radio have flown by, and the last eight years... Yeah, has it been eight, eight years? Eight, 16, yeah, eight years. Joey Volani has been here wow. on animal radio. It's been that long already, huh? Yeah. Wow. Hard to believe, huh? You know, and, 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 and he gave me a reduction in pay since I started, just so you guys know. Well, yeah, the pay scale so goes campaign, down Campaign here. for me. <laughs> You're getting paid? <laughs> I'm not getting paid for this. I'm just doing it because I love animals. That's why I'm doing it. But I wanted to bring that up because, you know, you haven't aged a day. You look the same as you did when you walked in the studio in 2008. And it must be the animals that are keeping you young. But hold on. Yes. But 92 pounds lighter. You are. Yes, that is wow. true. Really? That is very true. Wow. Yes. Yes. That's Congrats. like a small person or a big dog. Yes, I got a, <laughs> I got a midget that runs around. Well, good for you. What's going on today? Let's, let's talk about the difference, okay, because people ask this question a lot. They want to know, if I do use people shampoo on my dog or cat, what's going to happen? Well, obviously, it's nothing that's that's going to be catastrophic. Sure. I mean, it's, it's you're, you're going to clean your pet. Your pet's going to be fine. But here's the things that, that can happen and most likely will. If you have a dog or a cat that has a healthy coat, you're probably in most cases, I'm not going to say all, but most cases end up with a dry and itchy um, um, pet to, and with a, with a dry coat. But needless to say, that doesn't mean all shampoos. You see, shampoos have things... Um, that, that, that form this factor, which is pH and acid. In human shampoos, the pH is high and the acid is higher than it is in pet shampoos. But there's a lot of human shoes, shoes, yes, yeah, a lot of human shoes that pets wear too. Um, no, there's a lot of human shampoos that, um, that you can use on your pet that are neutral. And if you're able to get those pH sticks, 
yeah. and put them in there and test the pH, you can use it. Now, if, if I told you I'd never used human shampoo on, on a dog, you know, listen, there was days where we ran out of product in, in, in the salon in the early days and you had to use something. Yes, we have. I, I'd be lying to you if, if I said I didn't. The pro- where it becomes a problem is this. If you have a dog that has chronic skin problems, mm-hmm. okay, and, 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 and there, are, there are some dogs that are just prone to it. What ends up happening is that could affect um, the skin problem and actually make the situation worse because oh. now you're going to get a dog that's a little bit itchy and is going to start to scratch and going to start to irritate. So I would say in most cases, unless you really, really know what the product that you're using and what's in it, um, but I would stay with just with a what stay with pet shampoo. That's what it's designed for. That's what it's made for. And um, you know what? It's relatively inexpensive. You know, I didn't even realize there's a difference in shampoos. I thought that uh, human shampoo was just uh, the same as dog shampoo. They were just well, had different labels on them. Well, in some cases, that's true. And I'm not going to name the um, companies because I know a few companies. Oh, come well, you got to think they, like John Paul Pet no. has both a human line and a pet um, line, well, right? Well, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go there. But, uh, I didn't. I didn't. You could read, I, just, you, you, I, I think you could probably read between the lines on some of these, um, to be honest with you. But then again, like I said... Sometimes their product is is extremely safe for pets as well because of the way it's designed. It's designed a little bit better. It's 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 neutral. It's acid neutral. It's pH neutral. So you can you can use that crossover line. Good. But you know what? That might be a good concept there, Hal. Let's 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 um let's start a crossover line. Good for you and your pet. Well, I shower together already with them, right? Yeah, let's get cologne to... and shampoos and matching <laughs> clothes and shoes and accessories. Oh, my. Yep, there you go. Oh, my gosh. There you go. Joey Volani, the dog father on Animal Radio. Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N Pets dot com. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a Vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Rimadyl to non-prescription items like canine Advantix Flea and Tick Preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Well, you know that you can track your pet dog or cat with your smartphone these days. All you need is a GPS locator on their collar. But, you know, there are quite a few pet trackers out there. So the electronics review site ZDNet has some recommendations, and I thought we'd share them with you. They say when it comes to dogs, the one they like is Whistle. 
because it's so small and it's really light. It only weighs about 1.3 ounces. It's also waterproof. The whistle has a rechargeable battery that's good for 30 days, which is pretty phenomenal. And the app can also be used to track your dog's long-term health trends, and you can receive notifications if there's a big change in their activity or sleep patterns. The whistle unit costs about $79 and does require a service plan that ranges between $695 and $995 each month. Now, that covers the dogs and their recommendations, but what about cats? ZDNet reviewers remind us there are some trackers out there that claim to work for both dogs and cats, but keep this in mind. Those are only recommended for cats that weigh more than 8 pounds. Their cat GPS tracker of choice is called Paw Track, and it was designed especially for cats by cat owners. And Paw Track allows your pet cat to be tracked by GPS, but also by another type of satellite that detects when your cat is at home by IDing your own home Wi-Fi network. And so when your cat is at home, the device powers down to save on the battery which in the case of PawTrack is a really good thing because their only complaint about it is that it has a short battery life. Apparently at full power, it only goes for about three days. PawTrack retails for $160, and that includes a 12-month subscription to the locator service. And, you know, like I was saying, we just wanted to share this info because if you're like me, it is really confusing when you're trying to make a good (laughs) choice for your pet. There's so many things to choose from, and ZDNet does have a really good reputation when it comes to electronic reviews. And I just found out, Judy, you just showed me the one that you were just talking about, Whistle, just bought by Mars, the big pet food company. Mars is going uh, off the charts when it comes to kind of, you know, modifying their whole nutrition plan for people and for pets. Yep. They're making a, a lot of changes. I was just reading where they're like the first company, and they're huge, to make their own changes for uh, sodium recommendations. Oh. I mean, they're basically saying to the government, yeah, regulate us on that. Please. Oh, good. Last month, Maggie the Kelpie, an Australian dog that was possibly the oldest dog in the world, died. That's according to Rodney Habib on Planet Pet. Maggie was 30 years old, according to her owner. She lived in Australia. Now, at 30, that would make Maggie over 200 in human years and certainly a contender for the oldest dog in the world, but it seems her owner had lost her original paperwork, so her age couldn't be independently verified. So, still, if you're thinking, and I probably would too, I think no way could a dog live to be 30, but consider... Officially, the title of the oldest dog in the world still belongs to Bluey, who is an Australian cattle dog who was indeed verified to be 29 years, five months old when he passed away. According to the Guinness Book of Records, Bluey's owner bought him as a puppy in 1910, and he grew up as a working dog, you know, sheep and cattle, until he passed in November of 1939. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? Wonder what they were eating. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, really. That's a good point, Hal. Uh, when rescuers met Shadow, this abandoned pup in the shelter, mm-hmm. Shadow was just 22 hours away from being put down. Mm-hmm. Now, Shadow, wow. quite the opposite. Flying high, flying an airplane even. Yep. Really. Shadow was a finalist recently on the UK reality show, Dogs Might Fly. 
They rescue stray dogs and teach them new tricks with the goal of eventually training them to successfully pilot a plane. British dog trainer Victoria Stilwell says they looked for dogs that were willing to go the extra mile to problem solve and, you know, investigate how things work and figure it out for themselves. In the end, the dogs are then tested on how successfully they learn to fly a plane uh, through a system of treat-based commands. It's all positive reinforcement. It's very cool. It's a great story. Wonderful video, too. Yeah. And hopefully we will get a, a similar U.S.-based show like that on here someday. Uh, we've shared the video about Shadow on our website, too, at animalradio.com. Last year, you might remember we had a gentleman on from Australia that trained dogs to drive cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, I think is his name. He's the same person that trained these dogs up in the plains here. So wow. and that's we need to get him back on the show. Okay, let's do that. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider. Here with this week's Animal Radio Listomania, celebrating and thanking mothers in nature. It's May and we need to acknowledge moms everywhere for all that they do, inspire, and go through. To celebrate moms, I thought I would share some interesting tidbits about animal world mothers. For some animals, it's very difficult to know when they're pregnant. For others, signs like nausea and vomiting, as well as requests for favorite treats and snacks, accompanied by late-night binge-watching of emotionally charged reruns of their favorite animal shows. Okay, maybe not. In all seriousness, each animal has its own unique tendencies and needs when pregnant and giving birth. Here's a few fun facts to share at your Mother's Day appreciation get-together. Let's start with dogs. Dogs have a gestation period of about nine weeks. Most pregnant dogs don't show any signs until about three weeks in. And according to the Guinness Book of World Records, the largest litter of puppies occurred in 2004 in the United Kingdom when Tia, a Neapolitan Mastiff, gave birth to 24 puppies. Nine females and 15 males. Next is cats. Cats also have a gestation period of about nine weeks and can become pregnant and have kittens as early as six months old. You can really see the pregnancy in cats' bellies after about 30 days. And again, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, the largest litter of kittens occurred in 1970 when a Burmese-Siamese cat in the UK gave birth to 19 kittens. A few other fun notes for cat lovers is that the oldest feline mom was said to be about 30 years of age at the time she gave birth to two kittens. And, unofficially, the record for most kittens produced by a domestic cat over her lifetime is said to be 420 kittens by a tabby named Dusty who lived in Texas in the 1940s and 50s. 420 kittens! Yikes, that's a lot of birthdays and mouths to feed. Horse lovers have much more sympathy for the 11 months of pregnancy that is common for horses. Not only the time, but the size of the foal is also something to respect. Inspiringly, a foal can be born and stand up within an hour and even be traveling with the herd in as little as a few hours. There's so many wonderful ways that mothers in nature bring their young ones into the world. Some have very specific areas they do it in, times of years, or have genetically coded habits that make the birth of an animal one of nature's truest gifts. Nature's gift to instill the ability for animals to reproduce successfully is truly something to admire and be thankful for. So this Mother's Day, I'm going to be saying thank you to Mother Nature 
as well as my mom, my wife, and the mothers of the beloved pets and animals in my life. Happy Mother's Day to any and all mothers listening. Share your Mother's Day wishes and stories on our Animal Radio Facebook page. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. We'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds for your calls. Toll free at 1-866-405-8405. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and BlackBerry. Go throw that in there. We have from Biogen Pets, we have Melaine Rodriguez. She is the client service manager joining us. Hi, Melaine. Welcome to the show. Hi there. I'm happy to be here. So we've been talking over the last few weeks about Viagen Pets and, and learning what you guys are all about. Now, if we wanted to get involved with cloning our pet, tell us the process we'd go through. Well, the first step to cloning your pet is genetic preservation. Okay. Genetic preservation is a safe and simple way for pet parents to preserve genetic material from their pets that can be used for cloning either right away or at any point down the road. Does it hurt? Well, it can be done under a local or a general anesthesia. So it starts with a a simple, small skin biopsy that's done by the pet veterinarian. A good time to consider having the biopsy done is doing a routine procedure, such as a spay or a neuter or a dental cleaning. Oh, really? And just always have it on hand is what you're saying? Right. What are some of the reasons that we might want to genetically preserve our animal's DNA? Well, some pet owners choose genetic preservation as a way to honor and give eternal respect to the special bond they've shared with their pet. Some clients get a sense of peace knowing that they have a tangible connection to a special pet that they can't imagine living without. And then, of course, some choose genetic preservation now with the intention of cloning later. Are there any reasons that we'd want to genetically preserve our animal's DNA for their health? Well, genetic preservation can eventually be used for current or future cell-based therapies. How much does something like this cost? The genetic preservation fee is normally $1,600, but we currently have a special offer available for those folks who call in and mention that they heard about us on Animal Radio. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought it was going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars for something like this, but this is is actually affordable. Absolutely. How can we learn more? To find out more about us, you can visit us online at viagenpets.com or give me a call directly at 888-876-6104. Malayne, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Hello, I'm David Bellamy, the Bellamy Brothers, and we're on Animal Radio. Love your animals. For over a decade, Biogen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Biogen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's a zoo in here. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets toll-free. The number is 1-866-405-8405 to speak to Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Volani. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. 
It's a free download. Thanks to those folks over at Doctors, Fosters, and Smith. And uh, you undoubtedly know that, especially if you've been listening to us for any amount of time, that we are all about adopting animals. And we, we don't want you to patronize the breeders, especially the illegit breeders or the, the puppy mills. We appreciate it when you get your dogs or cats or any animals, not from a pet store, but from a shelter or a rescue where there are so many animals that need to be rescued. You've heard me say this a million times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get on my soapbox. I do it every weekend because it's very important. And it's actually why we started Animal Radio is to bring that kind of education forth. A book came across my desk called The Dog Merchants. And when I found out that people are spending $11 billion a year <sighs> to buy dogs, the whole wow. business is buying and selling dogs, I was astounded. I wanted to get the author on the phone. Hi, Kim Cabin, is it? Is it Cabin? You've got it right. Thank you so much for the chance to talk with you today. Well, tell us a little bit about the book, The Dog Merchants. Well, i got to tell you, you and I do share the belief that uh, rescue dogs are awesome. I have two myself. Good for you. And I, I heard that this thing exists called dog auctions out in the Midwest. I'd never heard of a dog auction. I, neither have I. I didn't know have, it, it yeah. was legal yeah. and regulated and the whole thing. And, and so I, I didn't even have a book deal. I just booked a plane ticket. And I flew out there to see it with my own two eyes. And I sat in a barn in Missouri and watched uh, about 300 dogs over the course of eight hours get auctioned off to the highest bidders. And this was light. It was bright. There were bleachers. People were there with their children and their families. There was concessions where you could go get snacks and sodas. It was like being at a day at the county fair. And when you realize how much money's changing hands, and on that particular day, it was about a little over a hundred grand, I think, changed hands on that day. And that it was both breeders and rescuers in that room bidding on the same dogs. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Res- rescuers were there. Yeah, the, the first chapter of my book quotes quite a few rescuers who go into these dog auctions. And I'll tell you, I literally watched litters of puppies from the same dog. They're brought to the auction by commercial breeders who have no more use for them. They're mm-hmm. looking to get paid off and move on to their next type of dog or whatever it is they're going to do. They're usually from and puppy mills, right? It, it depends on your feelings about that term. Some people would call these breeders that, yes. Other people would say these are the ones operating in daylight with USDA regulations. They have to hand over those cards at this auction before they can participate as breeders. Again, I try to be careful with my language because I'm trying to at least be fair about what I saw and sure. present it accurately. I appreciate that. Yeah, about two-thirds of the people, according to the owner of the dog auction, who I interviewed on a separate visit out there, the, uh, in, in that auction barn were about two-thirds commercial breeders who are looking to buy the dogs to add to their operations on their farms, and about one-third of the people in the room are rescuers who are trying to outbid them. And so I would watch as literally a litter of puppies from the same exact dog on a breeding farm, the breeders would win the bids on half those puppies, take them home, offer them for sale over the Internet or whatever as $2,000 purebred Labrador retrievers, and the other half of the litter, the rescuers would win the bid, move the dogs out to places like New Hampshire and the Northeast and the West Coast, wherever they had people available who wanted to give them homes. They would market them and sell them for a couple hundred dollars as rescued from puppy mills after they had handed over the money to buy them with a cut going to the dog auctioneer as a commission. And my brain practically exploded that day, and I just thought this is maybe a good way that we can talk about some of these issues that people, A, haven't heard, B, don't know exist, and C, find 
fascinating so they'll actually keep reading instead of being worried that I'm just going to make them cry. Yeah. You know, animals are property right now in the eyes of the law. If that changes, I'm sure this whole auction and, and uh, the whole uh, purchasing animals will change, right? You know, I have a whole chapter about animal law in the Dog Merchant's book for just that reason, because when you when you really start to follow the money all around, if you have half a brain, I have to believe you start to think, how can this be happening? What allows this in our society? And as you say, it's the law. We're talking about buying and exchanging property for cash, and I make that point very clearly. I'm really concerned about the rescues. This, you know, it seems like that's not an ethical thing to be doing. But I have seen posts, like on Facebook and things, where they will be trying to raise money to go and buy the dogs. But wow. I was under the impression that it was they were like saving the dogs. It's so, a really but- interesting conversation, and I'll tell you, I can see both sides of it, having been in that room. We're not talking about small small amounts of money here. I, I was uh, exchanging emails just a couple of weeks ago with a rescuer who told me her group went in and dropped about $15,000 at one of these auctions to try to buy up all the terriers because they had a lot of rescue homes that wanted terriers. So we're talking about big money. We're, we're talking about, uh, again, the dogs being marketed as saved. Probably the people getting the dogs on the other end don't know what's happening. And in my head while I was sitting there, yes, I went through that same intellectual exercise that you just processed, which was why are, why are the rescuers giving money to the big commercial puppy farmers? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, won't that encourage them to breed more? That is one argument that, and there are rescuers who say that in my book, you know, we, we take a firm stance on this, stop giving them money. Just leave the auction and move away. Interesting. I didn't know any of this existed. It's in the book, The Dog Merchants. I have ten copies to give away if you're interested in this You have topic. nine copies Nine now. copies yes. to give away. Eight. Eight. Eight, Eight copies. <laughs> Seven. You better call now. 1-866-405-8405. Uh, we'll put all this information up at the website at animalradio.com of everything you've heard on today's show. Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for the chance to talk to you. I hope you have a great day. You too. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. You know, I pride Animal Radio in having the best experts and celebrities and, and just really the top of the cream of the crop when it comes to animals. And, of course, we have Dr. Debbie answering your pet medical questions, vet questions. We also have today Dr. Marty Becker, and he's going to have the top three things to calm pet allergies. That's this hour. So if your animal has pet allergies, which a lot of them do this time of year, we have one here, Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. That's never had them before. It's just, I guess you can develop them as you get older. Yeah. It's really strange because she's, like Judy says, eight years old. She eight years old. Eight years old. Eight years old. She's Mm -hmm. had no problems up until this year. Yeah. So we'll find out what that's about. And See if there's some answers from Dr. Marty Becker. Also, Doc Halligan is back, and she has litter box etiquette. Now, this is really important. Is there such a thing as there, litter box etiquette? There is etiquette for the litter box. <laughs> Wash your hands. You have to leave the litter box. Uh, don't uh, spend your time in the litter box when there's others waiting. For, for, uh, no, there, there really is. If you have a cat that is not going to the bathroom properly, as far as outside the litter is what I'm talking about, you have a beautiful litter right there, and they're going... On the side of the litter there. Right there, next to it on the floor. You may may be suffering from etiquette problems, I yes. hate to say. And uh, Doc Halligan will have answers to help you with that. Just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. 
Lori Brooks, what are you working mm-hmm. on over there? I love lists, you know, the top whatever, the top 15 breeds, the top 15 names. Well, yeah. we have coming up the best or most popular pet names in the U.K., And what is so funny or odd about this is that the top name for dogs and cats doesn't even crack the top 100 here in America. Oh, okay. Wow. I want to take a guess at it, but I don't want to ruin it. it... Okay. You want to try? Max? That's here. Oh, that's here? That's here. Okay, so what country are we talking about? UK. The UK. We're talking about the United Kingdom, England. Thurston. So there's... Thurston. Yeah, the top name for (laughs) dogs and cats over there doesn't even crack the top 100 most popular names in America. Thatcher? I can't even think of anything in No, I can't. I really can't. Okay, so I'm going to stick around for that. That's just in a few minutes anyway, so we'll hear what it's all about with Lori Brooks just around the corner. First, we're going to take some calls from you. At one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hello, Sherry. How are you? Good. How are you today? Well, I've got a nine-month-old Yorkshire Terrier who is in heat, and I have some questions. <laughs> well, go ahead. What do we got going on with that heat cycle? Okay. Well, it seems like it's been lasting forever, but um, she went through the stage where the other dogs wanted to be around her, but I didn't notice anything, and then her vulva started to swell. And she started to bleed very little bit. The bleeding has stopped. Her vulva is still swollen. Um, my curiosity is, will that go back down? It will, yes, but there's okay. conditions to that. So go ahead. What's your other part of the question? Okay. The other question was, I have a 20-pound little terrier mix that is male who locked up with her this morning. And, she, and he's fixed. <laughs> and she... Um, she didn't know what to make of all of it, and we could didn't know what to do, so we put them in the bathtub. <laughs> wow! To get them apart. So that's a crude awakening or a rude awakening, I should say. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. Let's talk about this baby's heat cycle. So, how long has she actually been in heat? You said she bled for a couple days. Yeah, I would. My best guess is that she's probably been in heat a good sixteen or seventeen days. Okay. Well, the unpleasant news here, Sherry, is that dogs can be in heat for a long period of time. And we don't really get too worried up until about six weeks. Um, So this whole process of discharge and vaginal swelling, all of that kind of can span that time frame. And for some dogs, they may only have bleeding for as little as one day, but some dogs will bleed up to three weeks. And that vulvar swelling, the vaginal swelling that you're describing, that can last up until that six-week period of time after that first bleeding starts. So you got a long period of time. And there are some dogs that will have a little bit of residual swelling in the vaginal area afterwards. But um, it, it's very interesting to me that you said that you have a male that is neutered and they actually tied because usually that's a, a pretty much a hormone driven thing on his part for that process and that physical connection that where they actually got stuck together. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yes. And they weren't moving. They were just staring at us like, what do we do next? Oh, oh he, he must be an oversexed little fella if he's already had his little little bazonkers taken away from him and he's still doing the deed. And he's been well, after I, her for four or five days and we just, you know, kept shooing him and kept shooing him. Well, this morning we didn't get to him fast enough, so. Yeah, well, and has he been recently neutered or is that something he's been, oh, no, it's he's been seven, done for? Or he's eight. Oh. Yeah, he's, no, it's been a long time. <laughs> okay. 
Well, very good. Now, and of course, I'm going to have to put my little advertisement in for your little girl is to get this gal spayed. Um, oh, because I know, but I want puppies. I know. I'm not listening. I'm not listening to that because I'm going to talk about her health benefits. And I, there's a ton of Yorkie puppies, and I'll tell you that at my shelter, it breaks my heart. I can guarantee you if I walk through today at our local shelters here in Las Vegas, I can find many purebred Yorkies sitting in the midst of those cages waiting for a home. So any pets that you add to the, the pet population are going to displace those, and those are going to be euthanized because someone's going to want a puppy before they're going to want to take on a, a pet that needs a home that's already on this earth. So I would have to put my advertisement in for that, but also for her health and, and her well-being just to help prevent mammary cancers and a lot of these reproductive complications. So, sorry, Sherry, I just had to put that in there. And I know Hal's behind me on this one. Well, yeah, but I didn't want to open my mouth at all on this because you're doing so well just t- telling it like it is. And it is very, especially for the health of the, the health of the animals. It has nothing to do with the reproduction and the population. A little bit to do with that, but mostly because their health they will live a shorter life, and you want that pet with you as long as you possibly can have that pet with you. I appreciate your call, Sherry. one 405 8405 i got to tell you, that whole tie thing is going to be a very amusing thing. Everybody looking at each other. What, what do we do next? And your suggestion really is just to have a cigarette, sit back, and enjoy it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they are, so you might as well just sit back and maybe not watch them, but turn on the TV, you know, distracting. Don't watch them. It seems like you were just heading out of the show last week, Dr. Debbie, and going to release your hummingbird. What happened? There? <laughs> you know, we did. And for any of the listeners that don't know, I was rearing a, a baby hummingbird and uh, released it uh, last weekend. And uh, it was very emotional, very was hard. We, yes, um, a moment of truth. You know, he flew out of the cage. We got yeah. photos and everything. Uh-huh. took off. And later that day, he was screaming for food in a oh, tree no. high, high above. Oh, no. And he, he wouldn't go to the feeders. I, I was just so emotional. Um, so my dear husband pulled out the ladder, climbed up the tree, and hand-fed the little baby <laughs> hummingbird from the tree oh, with no. a syringe. So, 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 so where is he? You know, then he disappeared. We saw him the next morning, and uh, he was by the feeder, sipping from Good. the big Aww. bird feeder. Good. And actually, I even saw him today. So he's hanging around my house. He's got a new zone that he's uh, living in, away from the other hummingbirds. But So I'm very happy to see that he's hanging around our house and hopefully going to make it here. Now, are the other hummingbirds mocking him? You know, like, your mama is a human? <laughs> Your mama? <laughs> Calling him mommy's boy. Oh. So, yeah. yeah, I think he's getting his share of uh, feather ruffling from them. <laughs> Hi, Brenda. How are you? Hello. Where are you today? I'm in uh, New Mexico. Okay. How can we help you? I got the good doctor right here. Hi. Well, my cat, hello. My cat is licking her side and her hair, she's licking her hair off. Okay. Just one what side. part of her side? Just the center of it, just about a sit Strip. Okay, on the like on the right or the left side of her body, or both sides? Yes, just one side. Just one side. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how old again is she? Is? She's between twelve and fourteen. Okay, so she's an older gal. And how's everything else with the rest of her health? Is there anything else going on currently? No, she's uh, still playful. Well, when I have an older kitty that's displaying signs of grooming in an unusual spot like this, 
it's a little less common that we start looking at things like allergies and skin disease. I actually start to go looking for some of the uh, more internal problems. In a lot of these cases, I can actually find that a cat might be displaying signs of pain, something going wrong internally. So I will check um, x-rays. A lot of times I'll find things like bladder stones um, or arthritis. And these type of things can cause them to groom on the surface in a way to react to some more I- inner pain and discomfort that they're having. So that would definitely be something that I would look at. And some older cats also with some different types of hormone problems. Uh, We can see problems with kidney disease, liver disease, diabetes, some of those where we can even see some types of skin problems and manifestations of that. So um, it would probably be something that if I had her here right now, I'd pull up my nice big uh, needle and syringe and draw some blood and get those x-rays and take a good look because um, in many cases, you know, it's kind of the kitty's way of telling us that, you know, hey, I'm not right. There's something going on inside. And uh, we definitely would want to go searching along that avenue. And uh, as far as I should also ask if she's on any medicines of any sort currently? No. No. And is she the only kitty in your household here? Uh, No, there's two other cats. And I have them on uh, uh, food for uh, urinary tract infection. Okay. So she's not necessarily had a problem with that before then. Um. No, that wasn't why I put them on, because of her. Yeah, yeah. But I would say that's going to be my first thing. And, then of course, if you're in an area where we talk about fleas, um, as always, we look over the the rump of the tail area, right above the, the tail base area, and that's a common site for, site for fleas. But, you know, I just I think that she's trying to tell us something, and, um, you know, I wouldn't hesitate to go look in there and see what we can figure out from the inside out, if you will. Okay. Time for the vet, Brenda. Okay, I'll take her to the vet then. Thank you very much. Don't you know this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats? Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. We speak from experience. Tigger's the studio cat. That's her food. She loves it, and she's so healthy on it. You can learn more over at redbarninc.com. And thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting this portion of Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, everybody. This is Kenny Lee Lewis from the Steve Miller Band. Just want to tell everybody out there on Animal Radio, thanks for loving your pets. This morning, Sandra Sneed wrote a joyful status. This miss is a soon-to-be missus. Over 300 friends liked her engagement post, and it got 76 comments. Sandra, you're one popular gal. Geico also has a comment on your status. Did you know you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance in just 15 minutes by switching to Geico? Just the way we're trying to help cushion a nice little nest egg for the future misses. Hashtag getting hitched. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. No matter what kind of allergy day you're having, relief can be yours with Nasacort Allergy 24-Hour. Its prescription-strength medicine effectively relieves your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, for 24 hours. Nasacort has no harsh taste, is non-drowsy and non-addictive. Unlike Flonase, Nasacort is scent and alcohol-free. For effective nasal allergy relief, choose Nasacort. It's guaranteed relief or your money back. Details at nasacort.com. Use as directed. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. 
It's Animal Radio. Here's the number. 1-866-405-8405. On the other end of that phone there is Judy, Judy Francis. She's screening your calls for Dr. Debbie and dog father Joey Volmani. We have Lori Brooks in the newsroom. Welcome. If we've never talked to you before, call. Say hello. Because I don't know your number. You know my number. So that's how that works. And if you have a problem with your animals, we can also help you. Because that's what we do. That's how we roll here at Animal Radio. This hour, Dr. Marty Becker is back with the top three things to calm pet allergies. Ladybug's going through a little allergy thing herself. I know. It just seems to be the season. It seems like a lot of dogs are. Yeah, we have our own problems here, too. (laughs) Uh, This last few weeks, we've been bringing you some great items, new items to the pet world. Well, as we've mentioned, it's a $60 billion a year industry. There's lots of people vying for your attention on the shelves in your local pet store. And we just heard about the uh, GPS systems Mm -hmm. that are available. There's so many now. And uh, we have a list over at the uh, Animal Radio website if you want to see a comprehensive list of what is available now GPS-wise. A bowl came in this week. This is a watering bowl. It got my attention. Yeah, it sure did. It's especially helpful if you travel. And we're going to be giving one away in just a couple of seconds here. It's called the Taurus Watering Bowl. And we have Kim Goldsworthy joining us from New Zealand. Yes, from New Zealand. Good morning from me in New Zealand. What time is it? It is 10 to 8 in the morning. Oh, well, it's not that early. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, at that time, there's usually drool on my pillow. But uh, thank you so much for waking up this morning to tell us about the Taurus Watering Bowl. What makes this bowl so different from any other watering bowl? I think what makes, we get so much feedback about this bowl and I think one of the key things is it obviously has two reservoirs. One is where the water is actually drunk out by the pet and the other is the storage reservoir. So it's actually storing in the large bowl up to two litres of water. So because it stores so much water and it's not getting any particles or it's not getting dirty, um, it means that pet parents like me don't have to constantly remember to um, to fill up the bowl um, with water, and I know that my pet's drinking filters, clean water, and it's having as much water as it wants, simply because it automatically dispenses the water from the the, the storage reservoir into the drinking well without batteries or power source. So is this a travel device or is it something that we have at home that we'd use regularly? For me, it's both. And for most of our pet parents, it's absolutely both. Um, I have, I transition it from home into the car. I take it when I take the dog down to the beach or to the park or to see a buddy or we're traveling. I actually put it in the back of the car. And I can leave it on dispense. So because it's got that lockable function, the water is locked inside those reservoir walls. You turn it back to um, back to dispense the water. And you can be at the beach and your pet can be drinking um, fresh water. You can be in the back of the car doing a tra- travelling somewhere um, and your pet's got fresh water wherever they are. Now I see there's a filter in it, a carbon filter. Yeah, there's a carbon filter in there and the, and the water goes through the carbon filter um, and that just remo- removes any impurities that might be from the municipal water supply, um, keeping that water nice and clean. Yeah, and you said no batteries. Doesn't require any electronics. Doesn't require any batteries whatsoever. We call I call it um, woman's ingenuity. But <laughs> <laughs> well, now did you invent this? <laughs> no, I didn't. Unfortunately, the inventor um, passed before he saw the product come to oh, fruition. Oh, that's too bad. Which is which is really sad, but. Um, 
uh, he, uh, I'm sure he would be very proud because in the last year we've just gone from distributing it to two, from two countries to 16 around the world. I think it's a great bowl. I like the fact that they drink it and there's only so much amount of water in the reservoir and as they drink it, it fills back up. That's so a great it, idea. Yeah, it doesn't overflow and then I can dump it and lock it and still have water for the next time and it won't spill in my car. Those collapsible bowls, those, you know, are kind of handy, but then you got to dump the water out. They spill in the car. There's no way you, you got to have a water bottle with water and then the bowl and this you can have all in one. Fill it before yeah. you leave. Yep. We do have pet owners saying to us that they they think their pets are drinking a lot more because mm-hmm. they see it as a game because the bowl doesn't seem to empty. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I know you're moving into summer there. It's getting hotter. Um, it's really, really important for pets to be hydrated um, regardless of where they are and regardless of their age or activity, what food they're on, whether they're on dry food, wet food. Um, or even if they're on medications, the importance of keeping your pets hydrated in any season, but in particular summer, um, it's just so important for their health and well-being. Now, I have the large size in front of me, and this holds two liters of water? Yeah, it's a lot of water. Uh, and it's very European styling. Um, it's got these wonderful grips on the bottom. I don't know about you. I, I'm, I'm a, I like my house nice and tidy, and I yep. don't like lots of mess. Um, because it fills to quite a low level, about um, a third of the actual well with the grips on the bottom, there seems to be a lot less mess to clean up, uh-huh. um, and it doesn't seem to move around. I've got two very boisterous children who run around the house, and the bowl just sits beautifully in its place because of those ergonomic grips. And um, we actually asked everybody what colour bowl they would like, Lo and behold, it was pink, 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 pink. Yeah, I don't know if I'd do that one. I, I have a blue one here today <laughs> that I'm going to give out a toll-free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. If you're not lucky enough to get through, where can people pick this up? Um, we're actually in discussions with a lot of chains at the moment, but it's readily available on Amazon.com. Okay, we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Kim Goldsworthy joining us. Thank you so much for bringing this beautiful piece of, and i got to say, it's not only functional, but it is a very beautiful yes, piece. it looks it nice. Is, yes, we're very proud of it down in New Zealand. You should be. I'll let you get <laughs> back to you. sleep now, okay? Thank you very much. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs, from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix Flea and Tick Preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. 
I'm Lori Brooks. Isn't it amazing these days all of the things that shelter dogs who would have otherwise been euthanized that they are now being trained to do, like, you know, plucked from the shelter at the last moment. Such is the story of this dog, 14-month-old Gia. They call her a sleuthing superstar. And the only equipment Gia needs is her nose, which is now famous. She is the newest weapon in a Florida sheriff's arsenal against child pornography. You see, she successfully sniffs out any tiny electronic storage device or card. Literally, they say, Gia can sniff out anything that can hold a memory. Dogs with skills like Gia can cost law enforcement as much as $20,000 to buy, but Gia was picked out for her special personality and talents from a local animal shelter in Florida, and she was free to the sheriff's office. Her handler says Gia walks into a room and that she can smell the tiny memory devices like we can smell pizza, which is a good thing because so many child porn offenders really hide those things well, those little small thumb drives or even tiny SD cards that are often loaded with evidence in hard-to-find places like behind an electrical plate in a wall. So Gia has been a lifesaver in Florida. We know the most popular pet names in America for dogs, right? Right. They're Max. Bella. I mean, every year. But what names do other countries have as their favorites? You know, you, you want to hear something unusual or different once in a while. In the UK, it turns out that Alfie, Alfie. is the most popular <laughs> name for dogs. Why did I get that? And the fourth most popular cat name, Alfie, capital A-L-F-I-E. Now, interestingly, Alfie does not even crack the top 100 list of most popular pet names in America. So here's the official list for this year in the UK and their favorite pet names. The most popular dog names, which are not, by the way, broken down by male or female. Uh But the most popular dog names are Alfie first, followed by Poppy, then Bella, then Charlie. Now, the most popular cat names are... Same names, but a different order. Charlie is the most popular name for cats, followed by Bella, then Poppy, then Alfie. Wow. And the most popular names for horses are Rosie, Alfie is second, then Bailey, and Belle. Isn't that amusing? Bella, I think, actually is on the U.S. list. Yes. Yes, it Two. is. Right. So. But uh, that's the only one that, that goes both ways. Me thinks that the English people need some creativity. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. And that it it's yeah. works for dogs, cats, and horses. Yeah. I think at least here in the U.S., we, we separate our dog names from our cat names. Well, I don't think they cross over as much. Maybe so, but I'll tell you that the U.K. is much further advanced with animal care and, and loving their animals than yes, we ever have Yes, they been. are. They've so. got better animal laws than we do. Yes. The Animal Friends Pet Insurance over there, which did the research, says that trends over the last few years do show that people are now far more likely to give their pets human names than ever before, and they attribute that to the fact that we are more likely to consider our pets as a part of the family. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. It's 
Animal Radio celebrating our connection with our pets. Today, Doc Halligan has brought Ricky, the Lucy Pet Foundation spokes cat, in the studio. And I'm amazed at just how well Ricky has behaved. He's one cool cat. Can you hear him? He's meowing. Ricky! Yes, I can hear him. He is a, he, yeah, he is a dog. In a cat's body, yeah. but then cat people say, don't say that. I go, yeah, but it's just cool for people that might not think about getting a cat to say there can be some cats that are dog-like and there's dogs that are cat-like. We have one of those in our studio. Yes, Nike, we do. the studio cat dog. Yeah. Yes. Every week we get a whole bunch of questions about kitty litter and uh, people calling in saying that their animals, their cats in particular, are not using the kitty litter. They're, they're going outside of the box. And there's so many reasons this could happen. And I, I wanted to say that your kitty litter etiquette is right on point. What, what, Correct. Kind of, what kind of kitty litter etiquette is there? Well, let's first, let's talk about cats in general. I mean, like if you have a baby, you kind of, it's easy diapers. Diaper gets dirty, change it, right? So I think, sure. but people get a kitten or a cat, they've never had one. And I don't think they are educated on proper etiquette. Cats are clean animals. They do not want to go in a, something that's dirty. Uh-huh. That's the number one reason why they don't use the litter box is that it's dirty. I mean, think about, would you go to a porter potty, you know, and just be like, oh, this is great? No, no. I, 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 I try to avoid the porter potties <laughs> as much as I can. Yes. So they're fastidious. Right, and they these, want a clean place. Yes. I mean, they don't want to step in something that's dirty. In the wild, they would go to the clean little spot do their business and cover it up or not cover it up so if you have one cat believe it or not the rule is the number of cats plus one you should have because let's say you forget to clean the litter box daily at least you have a backup instead of your carpet so Ah. the rule is number of cats plus one so even if you have one cat there should be two litter boxes Correct. Technically, yes, okay. you should have two. Where should these boxes want... be located? I mean, they, should they be located right next to each other so they can just choose one or the other? Or? You know, they can be if space is limited. There is not a problem of putting the boxes right next to each other. I've had two cats for 18 years. Boxes are right next to each other. They've never gone outside the box. So that is okay. Um if you have room and you want to put them in, in different locations, but the location is extremely important because cats are acute hearing. They have acute sense of smell. They're, they are predators, unlike dogs. So they have a little, their senses are very important. So they're very sensitive to sound and movement. So you do not want to put the litter box in an environment where there's a lot of commotion. It needs to be in a quiet environment. So wherever that is in your living environment, I actually have mine in a cabinet with a kitty door. They go in, it's closed off, and they go out. They like to be private when they do their business. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, now should I put... <coughs> what? <laughs> hairball. <laughs> oh, hairball. you got a hairball, Judy. <laughs> you need fiber in yes. your diet. <laughs> should I put covers on them to help? You know, the sight and the smell. Keep, keep, keep it away. Yeah. 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 Keep it well, in it's it. interesting because of Cats Incredible, where there's absolutely no ammonia forming, you can use a covered litter box now. Before the formation of this litter, I would tell you no. Why? Because the smell is just amplified inside a tented box. But there have been studies that shown that, you know, it's 50-50. Some cats actually do like the hooded box and i'll tell you why if they got it in a bad location and it's hooded they'd rather be in the private 
you know, than having it open. But most cats prefer the open box as long as it's in a quiet environment. That's a lot of etiquette there. Anything else? Well, I think studies have shown, as veterinarians, we've done lots of litter studies. They prefer the clay clumping litter. Okay. So that is what most cats prefer. So uh, that's why Cats Incredible came out with the clay clumping litter, because it is the majority of cats prefer that. Not to mention that it doesn't smell, it has no ammonia smell. In fact, there's something, there's a proprietary secret ingredient that keeps ammonia from smelling in Cats Incredible. And it, you know what? Yep. We haven't changed, I just remember this today, we have not <laughs> changed that litter in almost a week now, just because and? I haven't smelled it. Usually when I smell See? it, I go clean it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've noticed, are you using the scented or uh We're using the, the unscented. I prefer the unscented. Okay. And they okay. love it. Yeah, no, thank goodness to Dow, who came up with this. For years, they were studying it. And, you know, it costs a lot of money to be able to come up with a product like this. And, you know, there isn't a lot of dollars being spent to help animals. It all goes to human research. So I was really happy that we were partnered with Dow Chemical because they really are going to make a difference for kitties. We are going to save cats' lives because of this litter. Okay, it's Cats Incredible. Doc Halligan from the Lucy Pet Foundation will talk with you again next week. Thanks so much, you guys. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. An Australian man was recently caught hiding three geckos in his socks. Police found the little lizards hidden in the man's socks during a routine search of his car and alerted wildlife authorities. It's believed the man caught the geckos, which were a protected species in the wild, with hopes of selling the popular little lizards on the black market. The alleged smuggler had hidden a marble velvet gecko, an eastern spiny-tailed gecko, and a three-spot knob-tailed gecko. A wildlife officer explained that taking an animal out of the wild affects both the local populations from which they're taken, but also can spread disease to other reptile communities. Unlawfully taking wildlife can cost you fines up to $24,000. Maybe this guy was just trying to save on his car insurance. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hello, this is Dr. Paul on Animal Radio. The pets are all part of your life. Make them welcome in your life. For over a decade, Biogen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Biogen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.biogenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. 
You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. We'll head back to the phones for your calls in just a couple of seconds, but we have kind of a personal thing we need to take care of, so we're going to use this multi-million dollar radio station (laughs) to take care of our dog's allergies. Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, is unfortunately suffering from some kind of allergies that she has not ever suffered from, and it seems to be like a skin allergy. And she doesn't have fleas. We've checked her for fleas. There's no fleas. No fleas. It's just a lot of dry skin, and we tried some different shampoos. So we figured we'd get an expert on. Dr. Becker is with us. You know what? The number one reason people take pets to the vet is skin problems. Yeah. So across the country. What are the top three things we can do to calm those pet allergies? First of all, this is probably the most important thing, and that's to bathe your pet weekly. And use a a shampoo as recommended by your veterinarian. Uh, Some veterans will recommend the same kind of shampoo, you know, that might be baby shampoo. This causes a dramatic decrease in skin problems because it washes away many or most of the allergy triggers that are on their coat or skin. So you have to think of a dog as a four-legged Swiffer, a four-legged dust mop. And what you're doing by giving them a bath once a week is you're just cleaning out, you're recharging the Swiffer or throwing, cleaning out the dust mop. And uh, That won't dry them out? No, no. Well, that's what I used to... I used to tell everybody, oh, don't bathe them very often because it dries the skin out because all this stuff, and it's it's just not true. Okay. One thing you do want to do differently, too, if you can give your pet a five-minute cool water soak, if you have a pet that's really sensitive skin, give them a five-minute cool water soak afterwards. It says warm water kind of aggravates the itching, and cool water diminishes the skin inflammation and, and the desire that dog gets to get the leg going in circles again. And you've always heard about oatmeal. You know, oatmeal is really good for a pet skin, and a lot of veterinary dermatologists recommend adding colloidal oatmeal like Aveeno to the bath water. So it gives the water a smooth, silky feel, and it helps to calm down skin inflammation. Is that as effective as the oatmeal shampoos? Well, I'll tell you what I do. I use a a brand called Earth Bath, and then we add Aveeno to it. Okay. But uh, some people like the the Verbac makes a very good line. There's a lot of good shampoos. But, you know, when you go into those pet superstores, you go online, you think, how can I possibly choose a shampoo? Too many. <laughs> Too many. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the outdoors, you know, in the spring and summer. Now, this is the time. You watch on TV, you notice it's it's Nasacord, it's Allegra. I mean, they're all advertising yep. for allergies because it's that time of year when uh, pollen fills the air and gets in your dog's airways and skin. So... To, to help them, you keep them inside during the peak pollen time. So there's certain times of day that are the peak pollen times, especially early morning and evening. And then what we do, like I have a daughter that has two pugs, and they are like the allergy wrecks. And <laughs> so what we have her do, she uses baby wipes. She gets unscented baby wipes, and every time they go outside to do their business, she just wipes the trunk of their body down with a with an unscented baby wipe. So she uses the baby wipes. She bathes them once a week and keeps them inside during those peak times. And she doesn't have she doesn't have any problems with them. Mm, that's pretty good. What else? So, okay, now here's here's the important thing. I'm gonna, I'm going to give you a tip, uh, uh, a little insight that nobody else knows. But okay. There's been a product out now for over a year called Apoquel. and Apoquel is made by a company called Zoetis, and it is literally. It's one of those things you give, and it's like a miracle. I, I have one of my own dogs. 
a lab pit bull cross, Gracie, that we fought skin problems for four years. She do fine, kept her bathed all the time. Then she started itching. She break the skin barrier, get an infection, get a fungal infection. We treat it with antibiotics and antifungal. She'd be fine. Then she started itching again, the same cycle all the time. Apoquel treats as canine atopic dermatitis. It's a, it's a tablet that you give every day. And literally, she stopped itching within two hours of giving her the pill. She's never itched since. She stopped stinking in about three days. And uh, it's a pill you give every day, but there's no more biting, itching, scratching, chewing. The problem is the demand exceeded availability, and they've been out of stock. Most practices were unable to get it. The practices that were good, it couldn't get enough of it. And they, once they saw these pets saw relief, they didn't want to take them off the product. So they just limited it to clients that already had the product. But now it's back in stock at most hospitals. So. But do you, do you need to know the source of the allergy? Yeah. If it, do you need to know if it's food allergy or if it's airborne? Do you need to know where it's coming from before you can give it to them? Not really. Uh, it's, and some of those are pretty hard to tell. You know, some of them are allergic to dust mites. Other allergic to just pollen. Some are food. Some are some are food sensitivities. But uh, you probably talked about this on the show before. Some of these things are really hard to diagnose. And what this does, it's not a it's not a cyclosporin. You know, it's not something we use in chemotherapy. It's not a steroid. It's not an antihistamine. It's this novel thing that just breaks the histamine cycle at one spot. So histamine is what causes you, your eyes, you know, eyes to run or to sneeze or cause dogs to itch and it's what causes a bug bite to itch. It's so safe that when I first heard about this drug about 18 months ago, one of the world's top veterinary dermatologists says, okay, this does this, this, this. Okay, like anything else, let's look at the side effects. And he, the next slide was blank. It, there was nothing on there. Huh? And he but just, we don't know the long-term side effects of it, do we? Not yet, huh? No, it's only been been out there about two years, but they worked on this product for 10 years. So it is an FDA-approved product. They do have some longevity studies that they use for that. But it's always it's always a discussion with your local veterinarian on how much you give if you want to stay on it long-term. Do the things I told you at home, you know, bathe them, wipe them down, uh, keep them inside during those peak times, and you'll probably re- you know, remove or reduce a lot of it. If you have a pet that that doesn't work for, go visit your veterinarian. There you go. Animal Radio Veterinary Correspondent, Dr. Marty Becker. What's the website, Doc? drmartybecker.com. And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Well, there you go. Wasn't that fun and full-packed? Thank you, Judy. You did an awesome job. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Marty Becker. Thanks, Kim Kamen, Doc Halligan, and, of course, you for joining us today. Remember, if you need your fix during the week, AnimalRadio.com. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Have a great one. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.